I'm Ingrid Delamar Kenny. I'm the CEO and founder of The Method. She's also my wife and she's the smartest woman I've ever met. First of all, she's my mom and she's really cool. She's all that and she's a superhero. Never mind CEO, she's gangster. This is the Pardon My French podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about wellness, fitness, Frenchism, and lifestyle, a Trey fucking chic gangster podcast. Hosted by fitness and wellness French hedonism guru and creator of The Method, The Body, yours truly, Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monte Carlo, Monaco. On this show, you'll find a mix of audio entertainment, including listener and audience questions answered about health wellness, lifestyle, family, and relationships, and my French holistic tips to be healthy, have your best body, and transform both your body and your mindset into the happiest ever, as well as living la belle vie lifestyle like a chic French gangster. Hi everyone and welcome to Pardon My French episode 11. I am your host Ingrid Delamar Kenny, live from Monaco. First episode of 2019, I am so excited. Happy New Year to all of you. 2018 has been a breakthrough year for me, but I have to say I've had my ups and downs. Um, definitely towards the end of the year, as we were easing into the end of the year, I've definitely felt that 2019 is going to be my year. And I know I'm not the only one. A lot of people were happy to see 2018 go. I can't say I'm happy to see it go completely without this year. A lot of wonderful things would have not happened to me. Uh, most importantly, this is how this gangster chic tribe has come along. It's been the year of 2018, but I'm definitely happy for 2019 to come um, in a great way for all of us. Something has to be said about the whole um, resolution in the new year. I spoke about it on the last episode of the year, which was a little bit before Christmas, but the whole new year, new me, fuck you. First of all, why would you want to be a new you? How about new year, better me or actual real version of me or who I always was meant to be. So much better. Why would you want to be a new person? That sucks for whoever is married to you or loves you. Why do you want to be a new you? So yeah, new year, new me, no. Not sexy at all. I feel about the same about setting intentions and resolutions and you know having notebooks to do so and writing lists and stuff, you're kind of setting yourself up for um, failure in a way. And I'm not saying that everybody fails on their intentions, but life has a way of, you know, surprising us. My mom always used to say in French, um, we um, plan and God laughs. And in French, it's actually much cuter and much more significant and philosophical in a way. She, she used to say, you know, we plan and God 
clearly takes us on another path. And that's been so true for me. And so setting intentions or, you know, resolutions is something that I think is so limited in the sense that very often God's plan is greater and life's plan is greater. You never know who you're going to meet, that your intentions could become so small compared to what's, you know, in store for you. Or the other way around, like the year that I was taken to prison, I had intentions set. I had a whole career plan for that year, but instead I was taken to prison. And so my intention, you know, whatever I would have written in an intentions notebook or my resolutions would have completely gone to shit. Imagine how I felt being locked up and having all of that put aside. But coming out of prison really has set my mind um, above and beyond doing resolutions and intentions and setting them. It's shown me that life, you know, has all types of different avenues it can take you to. And I kind of like to let the wind carry me. With that, I add my ambition, my intuition, my common sense, and my passion. And carried by that, the life's wind with all of these assets without putting intentions out there has definitely um, carried me further than just having intentions. We, we tend to have, you know, a short span when, short span when it comes to what we intend on accomplishing for the year. And I do feel that life has much greater, even if you're not religious or you don't believe in God, life in general has a much greater plan than we can foresee or um, plan for. So why are you setting intentions? Why do you have resolutions? What is it about the new year that makes you decide to be new? I mean, at the end of the day, it's only a calendar cycle. You know, and so I feel like why kind of set yourself up for disappointment and failure? Let life carry you. Whatever 2019 has in store for me is way beyond my imagination, I'm sure. And I want to be open for all of it. So I'm not going to write down my intentions or any resolutions because I kind of want everything 2019 has to offer to me. And th that's exactly what happened to me in 2018. If I had set a plan, if I had set um, a bunch of intentions, I definitely would not have opened myself up for what's happened to me in 2018, which was coming up with my story, um, meeting people on Instagram, which I never thought you could turn friends from Instagram, like you can make friends on Instagram, people that would become significant in your life, like I have met. Um, and now my story has become, you know, kind of like my shortcomings has, have become my successes. And setting intentions for me would have been, for example, to find a way to be recognized in the world regardless of my criminal past. And today, 
that would have completely worked against me because it's that very past that defines the success that I'm finding today, the voice that I have, the fact that so many of you are listening to what I have to say because you realize that I'm not perfect, my life has not been perfect and you know I am here to be a different kind of voice to say you know what you can you can go against um you can go against adversity uh and come out with success whatever it is so instead of setting setting intentions and resolutions why not manifest instead and i'm not talking about manifesting in a magical way i we've all read this book the secret where whatever you say blah 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 you kind of attracting to you i i really you know i believe in positive energy and try to surround myself with as much of it as possible but when i talk about manifesting it's like in 2019 i'll have a book come out and then you have to add your ambition your passion your hard work um to that to make it happen um you know in 2019 i'll have this and that happen you know it's obviously I'll, i'll need the love of my life obviously if you're still hung up on your ex-boyfriend and you're just manifesting that you will meet the love of your life and you stopped shaving your legs and you got fat because you were so depressed and had all that ice cream you could manifest all you want what i'm saying with manifesting is more like setting a high sense of you know what is supposed to happen to you like i want this to happen to me so i am manifesting and i am announcing that it's already happened in the near future and in a way you have to work so hard for it to happen so you don't look stupid so you don't disappoint so it's kind of so much better for me to manifest and announce what's in store for you rather than set intentions and resolutions it's like people often tell me like how did you start the method well i actually manifested the method i said i own a fitness and wellness company and i created the website and the facebook page before i even had any customers or even had my tax id so it was a way of manifesting but moving forward with a lot of ambition and a lot of passion and a lot of belief in myself so it's a little bit of the same it's kind of put it out there in the world make it exist already even though it does not really and then work hard to back up that claim you've put out there in the world for me that is so so much better it has so much more integrity than setting intentions and resolutions it's a lot of resolutions and intentions there are a lot of empty promises um and so the same way i try to liberate you from the empty promises of dieting that uh, the weight loss depends so much on a lot of restrictions or plans you put yourself on um and you know even regressions that you may um set yourself on um i feel like it is so much better to not do that and just go on with manifesting manifesting in french means protesting on the street so if you take the actual 
language from the French. I manifested, I go protest it on the street. You speak it out loud, you announce it, you allow for this to become a reality. And because you have, and you've protested it, protested it, you've, you've, you've exclaimed it, you have to back it up with so much effort, with so much action and reaction that it has to happen. So much better than setting intentions and uh, resolutions. Those drag on and they're not really backed up by very much. So I guess that's it for New Year's talk. I've had a few questions from you guys, actually a lot of questions about the pill. Um, and I have to see the demography of the question went from young women, 19 and on, to older women, 30 to 40s. Um, and while I do speak a lot about premenopause and menopause, I've hardly ever spoken about the pill. I, for my, uh, my own self, I've never taken the pill. I uh, functioned on IUDs um, and the non-hormone uh, releasing IUD type because I've always been scared of the pill. So as you can tell, since I was married at the age of 17 to my kid's biological father and had my kids early onto my, you know, early in my 20s, like Dylan was born, I was 20, 20 years old, um, you realize that um, this not wanting to take artificial stuff is something I've carried my whole life. It's, it's, it's been my mentality. Uh, my mother never gave me antibiotics. I've never given antibiotics to my kids. Um, I'm, not, I'm now very uh, wary of vaccinations because of what's happened to my son Dylan. And so by the same token, it is absolutely not hypocritical of me to say that I'm anti-pill. Um, I, I feel like having to take um, fake hormones to uh, prevent pregnancy is something that will mess your hormones up. Of course, we need contraception and I've taken contraception, so I've used IUDs. Um, I was on Mirena for a long time, um, but I now have used an IUD that, that's in France and that does not secrete any hormone at all. And that's what's worked best for me and made me feel the safest. But I need to explain why is there a stigma about weight gain and the pill when um, hormones and particularly estrogen is not related to fat gain? You don't gain fat from, um, from taking the pill. Um, but why do so many people think that the pill causes weight gain? That's because from the very early 60s when the, pain, when the pill was... Uh, developed back then um, with it contained a much higher dosage of hormones so estrogen and progesterone than the modern contraceptive pills and we're talking almost a thousand times so with the high doses of estrogen um, as you know you can get water retention and so yes the pill was known for making you blow up the first few months in when you would take it and I believe that's still true today and the reason for that is that estrogen dominance in general now is present in so much of what we consume. So if you are taking the pill, which is an artificial hormone, progesterone and estrogen inclu included in it, 
you're not only taking okay a very a lower dosage than of estrogen than you did in the 1960s because now they've realized they can develop the pill with a lot less you know progesterone and estrogen in it but in your dietary choices every day there's estrogen mimickers and I speak about that in so many of the previous episodes and I warn against Truvia and Stevia which are natural plants uh, that substitute well for sugar but they are estrogen mimickers like a lot of herbs and a lot of vegetables that can be found in Amazonia or Africa they are estrogen and hormonal mimickers in these foods and these natural plants and so when you go on a health journey and you start consuming these things like soya bean like yams or like stevia and truvia and even sucrine which i take in my coffee in the morning but i have one teaspoon one teaspoon in the morning of, of sucrine because if i check out sucrine it has a trace of um stevia in it let me look at it as we're talking about this right now. One of my followers, and she's actually one of my virtual platform clients, asked me about it. She's from the UK, and so she has access to a lot of sucrine products. Um, she said she used to consume a brownie that was made out of sucrine. And she said, well, what do you think? Because I see that you take sucrine in the morning. I said, well, very often I take sucrine in the morning. But if you see me making my coffee in the afternoon, I take brown sugar. Because sucrine has erythrol in it, which is what sucrine is, um, extract of malt, and it has uh, the glycosides of steviol. Steviol, which is, um, which is from the plant stevia and so to me an excessive amount of sucrine even though that's uh, my favorite one out of the three stevia trivia or sucrine because it has less uh, steviol in it has estrogen mimicker so any of those things that are too good to be true like this is very sweet so like you wouldn't consume sugar in exaggeration because you know sugar is not good for you you have to be careful with products that contain stevia and truvia and even including sucrine even though that's the best of all evils because it has an estrogen mimicker and even though some professional dietitian nutritionists or makers of certain brands of powders protein powders or you know diet meal replacements or whatever uh, they'll tell you but it's okay it's natural sugar it's you know it's from a plant it's a plant in the amazon or wherever it comes from um, i disagree because you have to realize you have so many estrogen mimickers in your everyday consumption that you don't even know about including soya that you're possibly going into estrogen dominance and that so you worry about the pill making you gain weight you need to worry about what you eat as well, making sure that you're not consuming too many estrogen mimickers. Because as it stands, you have estrogen mimickers in your food, you have estrogen mimickers in your pill, your contraceptive, and when you go to the gym and do high impact, high intensity, and you do heavy weights, 
you're also going in estrogen dominance. That's a lot of fucking estrogen dominance going on in your life. And at that point, yes, you need to worry about your pill or you need to worry about all the yams you're eating or you need to worry about all this hard cardio that you're doing or heavy weights that you're doing. The bottom line is there are people that will write to me and say, but wait, I go to the gym every day and I have a banging body. Well, okay, great. Then why are you listening to me? The people that are listening to me are the people that are going to the gym every fucking single day and they're hitting the pavement every fucking single day and they're doing heavy weights with very good trainers. Some people even go to influencers trainers that they've seen on Instagram and it's doing so well for the influencer's body. But not one body is created equal. So that trainer's um, routine may work for this influencer you're following, but when you come along, they don't take into consideration your water retention and your estrogen dominance possible, you know, your estrogen dominance possibilities in your body. What are you consuming that puts you in estrogen dominance? Or do you have a body in the first place that puts you in estrogen dominance? And so this is where those workouts become problematic. And I've explained it in one of the episodes, um, are you wet or dry? So if you want to know more about the um, having wet muscles uh, from building up estrogen dominance in your body from your workouts, you want to go listen to that episode if you've not listened to it yet. But so getting back to the pill, high doses of estrogen can lead to water retention. So it's not fat gain that you're feeling, but it's actually water retention. And that will also increase your appetite. So that may be why you're also gaining weight on the pill because you're retaining water from the estrogen dominance. So it makes you feel bloated and blown up. Very often, many people cannot make the difference between fat gain and water gain, all they know is they've taken up in volume and they feel fat and that's what matters to them. But, but you need to actually identify what your issue is here to know how to remedy to it. So a lot of people that feel they've gained weight on the pill will go on a diet and they'll cut carbs and they'll eat higher fiber and they'll be like, why am I not losing weight? Because you cannot fix water retention from uh, diminishing the amount of carbs you're eating or going on a calorie deficit diet. That's not going to do it. Water retention, it needs to be looked at in a different way. So it's a different type of gain. And that's where you need to look at it from, okay, how do I diminish my estrogen? How do I prevent going into estrogen dominance? So that's from the foods you eat, you can go Google it, what kind of food have estrogen mimickers in them. Um, it's from the workouts that you do. And I've already put out so many articles about that. I actually wrote an article um, where I was a guest blogger for the Skinny Confidential um, when, um, when Lauren did this Victoria's Secret Week, Victoria's Secret Fashion Show Week. Um, and so you can refer to that article and we'll put the link on the show notes where I explain the whole um, effect of building wet muscles coming from estrogen dominance. So it really depends on your choice of workout. So a workout that we may very well work for one woman that's high impact, high intensity, high intensity um, heavy weights, um, running 
running, doing cardio, and even doing those um, crazy intervals might work for someone, but may absolutely not work for you if you are someone that goes in estrogen dominance from it as a result. So water retention is another way of looking at weight gain. You don't always want to be referring to weight gain just as I gain weight, I need to go on a diet. Very often, your measurements change for the worst because you're retaining water from estrogen dominance. So that's what the pill does. So when you talk to me about talking about the pill what you're, and its relation with weight gain, you're absolutely right. You may feel like the, 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 the pill might be responsible for you plateauing and not being able to lose weight with certain exercise and diets. Some people say to me, I'm starving myself since I'm on the pill because I've gained weight and I'm not losing it. Well, that's because it has nothing to do with fat gain. You don't really gain fat from the pill unless the pill makes you hungry, which again is a hormonal imbalance that's affecting your leptin hormone, which is your saturation hormone and affecting your ghrelin hormone, which is your hunger hormone. Um, you can't remedy to that with just dieting and cutting carbs or counting macros or eating a lot of fiber or going on steps of this and that diet, going on keto, going on this or that. That's just not going to do it. And that's why I'm so very upset with so many of these diets out there because all these people are talking to you about is, yeah, by doing my diet, you're decreasing the risk of high cholesterol, you're decreasing the risk of cancer, you're decreasing the, the risk of diabetes, but, and then they'll touch hormones a little bit because now we're starting to make a lot of noise about hormones, um, but they won't really give you a diet that will deal with your hormones because it's so much more than what you shouldn't eat. There are things you need to eat. I've addressed it so many times. Don't be afraid of fatty acids. People are so afraid of eating avocados, for example, where avocados are actually very good for you hormonally. And so people talk about this all the time. By the same token, so many nutritionists and medical professionals will tell you to beware of eggs, but they will recommend that instead of having eggs, which has cholesterol, they recommend that you have some type of artificial shit protein powder or protein power balls. And that is so ridiculous because you should know that your liver itself produces the equivalent of four eggs, four egg yolks a day as far as cholesterol is concerned and I don't think a liver is killing us so why rely on package shit artificial shit is killing us that's what I was trying to say about the pill even though since the 60s the medical field has advanced so much that today contraceptive pills have a thousand less hormones uh, in them, yet the pill is still causing what we feel is weight gain. And that's from estrogen dominance. So there's less progesterone and estrogen, a thousand less 
estrogen and progesterone than in the pill from the 1960s, yet we're still feeling like we're gaining weight from the pill and it's water weight. Why? That's again because there's so much in what we consume daily nowadays that is causing our hormones to go out of whack, that is causing our estrogen to go into dominance, where the real idea for your body to be healthy, for you to reproduce correctly, to have a normal menstrual cycle, the whole idea is to have a settled and balanced estrogen and progesterone, progesterone level. So very often, if your progesterone is low and your estrogen is high, you'll go to a doctor and they'll give you progesterone cream. And that is such a ridiculous logic. Um, it's, it's so bad. And the logic is so stupid because the idea is to simply balance estrogen and progesterone. And very often, the idea is to naturally set your estrogen down to be at progesterone level because automatically when your estrogen goes up, your progesterone goes down. So instead of trying to raise the progesterone, why not trying to control the estrogen dominance that we have from unhealthy guts, from high cortisol levels, from high impact, high intensity, high density workouts and from estrogen mimickers in our everyday food. So if you feel like the pill is what's making you gain weight, then you need to realize it's actually not fat. Unless it's making you gain weight because it makes you hungry so you're eating more carb-rich food which is also a hormonal imbalance, which is what I explained before. And you want to refer to my previous episodes um, where I speak all about that and being hungry for carb-rich food. It's definitely worth listening to, to understand how your ghrelin and your leptin, your hunger and your satiation hormones um, are triggered by unhealthy guts, by high cortisol levels, high stress levels, and by the wrong workouts for you. I am not saying that cardio, I'm not saying that heavy weight lifting is bad for everyone. I'm saying if you are this person in the category where you are doing all of these exercises and you're doing whatever this influencer is doing on Instagram and impressing you with their amazing bathing suit pictures, and they're showing you that they're doing crazy intervals and very heavy weights uh, and crunching down into Russian twists and crunches with huge cylinders of about 70 pounds or 40 pounds or 20 pounds. That's too heavy. You should not be carrying things that are too heavy for you. That is not adequate to treat your body that way, to get it to um, gain muscle mass. You will gain muscle mass, but you will gain, gain wet muscle mass. So if you um, did lose weight, but your legs are bulky, for example, and they're bigger than what you want them to be. And if you have stubborn, stubborn fat around your midsection and you have a gut, regardless of the fact that you may have a six pack and you're retaining water on your legs or your inner thighs, um, and you're constantly craving sweets and carb-rich food, 
then you know that the cardio or high impact, high intensity, high density exercises that you're doing, cross training, crossfit, hit, spinning, then you know if all of those things I just mentioned you answered yes to, you know that's not for you. That type of exercise is bringing you into estrogen dominance and you do not want that. My advice to you if you notice weight changes or measurements changes from taking the pill is to not diet and stay on that pill because very often dieting, cutting carbs, cutting calories, going on a ketogenic diet, making dietary changes is not what's going to help you lose the hormonal weight that you feel because that weight, if it's due to the pill, due to estrogen dominance, due to a high progesterone contraceptive, it's not going to be helped by calories cutting. So if you feel uncomfortable about gaining a certain type of weight, whether it's fat or water retention, you definitely want to go and try a different type of pill or go on an IUD that doesn't secrete hormones. And you want to make sure that you don't just think, okay, you know what, I got fat, I'm going to go on a diet. If you feel it's the pill that's making you gain weight, then you need to look at your hormones, not at diets, not at, at, at exercise. Don't go kill yourself at the gym. It will make it worse. Going for a violent workout because the diet is driving you, because the, the sorry, the pill is driving you crazy and you feel bloated and you feel swollen, Going to the gym is not going to help with that. You're more likely to find help in a lymphatic massage of your body. And there are some very good massage parlors around. Like for example, in Europe, we tend to go to um, North African massage therapists for this because they're very good with their hands. Like the Moroccan women are very good with their hands. They give you a very tough lymphatic massage which they call that modelage in French which is molding so they kind of like remold your body to get rid of the water retention you're more likely to find help in this type of massages and if you're in the United States the Latin uh, the, the, the Latinas Latin American um, massage therapists are very good with their hands in that way there's a uh, wood therapy um, Brazilian um, massage that can flush, crush the cellulite out. Um, and it's kind of like they use a big wooden spatula and they beat up your legs and your inner thighs and your butt and like your midsection, wherever you have water retention. You're more likely to find results from that if you feel you've gained weight from the pill than from actually cutting carbs or going to the gym and, you know, putting your body through even more straining circumstances getting your cortisol levels to go so high that it's definitely going to fuck up your hormones even more. So it's like a double whammy on your hormones. So realize that when we talk about weight gain due to the pill, we're actually probably talking about an estrogen dominance kind of weight gain, which is water retention in the body. And that if you're going to do hard workouts, then that estrogen dominance gets even worse 
because when you do tough workouts, you actually release aromatases, aromatase that rises the estrogen production, which builds water around the muscles. That's why we call those bulky muscles wet muscles. I've spoken about this so much, but I feel that there's so little information out there about this. Nutritionists, dietitians, fitness, fitness professional coaches do not speak about this at all. And if you go to a hormone doctor, it's most likely an OBGYN or a gynecologist and they talk to you about reproductive hormones. So at the end of the day, you're, very, you're not very much informed about the other hormones that are actually rocking your world when it comes to putting on a little black dress and fitting into it. And that is so unfair. See, this is why I actually don't like diets. Because very often the women that come to me on the quest to weight loss and transforming their body or sculpting their body, very often they've tried so many diets and they've tried the hardcore exercises and it hasn't worked. They've tried everything short of exorcism before they've gone to me. And so when they get to me, I'm gonna look at everything except for diet and crazy exercise and often most almost all the time it will be hormones and hormones is more of like a swelling swelling around your waist heavy midsection when you store um, fat very often it's due to insulin resistance and that's hormonal as well and then you have estrogen dominance, which we spoke about, which can be um, what's responsible for water retention, which often will feel like fat storage because it's, ma it's making you feel thicker than what you want to be or what you, you know, were before. Take the Victoria's Secret uh, Angel, for example. Very often you will see them on the stage and they're magnificent, but you have to know they go through four months of very, very straining training, crazy training. So they do include Pilates and bar. And uh, actually I've worked with two of them um, with the method, but they do also a lot of cardio and um, a lot of heavy weight lifting. One of them has even um, reported, she went on a, an English newspaper and reported lifting about 70 pounds in weights. That's, that's insane when you think about it. Insane. And right before the show, about 12 hours before the show, because of all of this heavy weight training to get the muscle to really pop out, which also causes water building around the muscle that causes, you know, aromatase hormone, the, the aromatase enzyme to release estrogen. And so that's building up water around the muscle, which makes the muscle pop out. But those are wet, wet muscles. And what happens with those wet muscles is the minute you stop working out, you go away on holiday for about a week, then you start feeling flabby and you start feeling soft and you're like, oh gosh, I feel like literally a dead pancake. I feel like I need to go to the gym. That's because you build, you've been building wet muscles from going to the gym and doing heavy weights or high impact or high intensity and you've been hitting the pavement really hard or hitting 
the treadmill really hard doing um, those intervals. So what those Victoria's Secret models have to do right before the show, and that was reported on a, a, a newspaper with a lot of integrity. I don't remember which newspaper it was. I think it was the Daily Mail, um, but it was an interview by one of the models or maybe a journalist that was model size and went and did the whole training for four months with the, with the Victoria's Secret models. So 12 hours before the show, because they're doing all of these high impact, high intensity, high density workouts to build heart, beautiful, popping out muscles that would be visible to the cameras, they actually go on a no liquid diet 12 hours prior to the show to dry the body out of water retention. That is so unhealthy, but that goes to show you that to outweigh the effects of building wet muscle from wanting to have those more defined muscle. So you can't have one without the other. You want more defined popping out muscle on the legs or the arms, then you have to let the aromatase enzyme um, release extra estrogen, which builds up water around your muscles. So to outweigh that, those Victoria's Secret models have to go on a 12-hour non-liquid diet prior to the show, which means they cannot consume any water 12 hours prior to the show, any liquids to dry that out. Now, of course, there are consequences to their health, um, but they also make millions of dollars and they are absolutely gorgeous doing what they do. Now, very often, if you've walked on the street of New York or if you uh, read some gossip magazines, you will find very unflattering pictures of Alessandra Ambrosio or uh, Candace, the other model. She actually lashed out at paparazzis and I don't blame her, but they've taken very unflattering pictures of these models on the streets of New York or wherever, um, sporting a lot of cellulite on their legs which seems crazy. You wonder what's happened between the day of the show and that. Well, what's happened is that going on to these crash diets and exercise regimens for those shows fuck with their hormones so, so badly. And so when you do this high impact, high intensity, high density workouts, heavy weights for your womanly tiny body, um, and uh, you're running like crazy and doing uh, intervals or hit or um, the all these other training, cross training and boot camp. When you stop, everything that the aromatase enzyme has provided for you to bulk up your muscles to def to have defined muscles, um, which was glycogen this glycogen stores in a way that if you stop completely then it will turn into cellulite and fat and storage and water retention so this is what's happening to those models and their their hormones get totally fucked up from it so they deserve all the money that they make when they put their body through all of that um, and it's important to talk about it and to understand what's happening uh, very often, you know, you, you're looking at those influencers, you're looking at my pictures and you don't know how much of it is behind. 
um, from my part, you have to know that I would like sometimes to be a lot more defined. I would like sometimes to have a much thinner waist, but I know that that does not provide me with sustainable results and ultimately it will be damaging to my hormones to the point of no return. The more you fuck with your hormones with crazy dieting or with or with going on diets, just the fact that you're going on diet and you're kind of like shocking your body into a big change, even if it's more fiber, because we all know I love fiber, but whatever it is you do put your body through, if you don't do it gradually and you do something that's impacting your body uh, intensively and increasingly um, in a short period of time, not only will the results not be sustainable, they will not be durable, but at some point you are amputating your hormones from their comeback ability. At some point you're shutting down your hormones. So when people tell me I want to lose weight but I want to lose it fast and I tell them when you're telling me you want to lose weight fast, you're telling me you want to gain it just as fast, gain it back just as fast. And you need to realize it's not so much fat storage, it's, it's also your hormones and most importantly your hormones and think about your skin. Do you really want to lose all that weight all that fast at the expense of having saggy skin on your knees, under your arms, on your tummy, I know you can rely on Photoshop to, you know, make this look all better like some people do, but nothing is better than having a healthy skin while losing weight. And the only way to do that is doing it from within with a healthy gut, mainly a healthy gut, which will lead to healthy hormones. I mean, the proof is definitely in the simply inulin pudding. I've had a lot of young women and older women telling me how taking simply inulin and being kinder to their hormones by keeping their cortisol levels low and eating calmly and looking for sunlight in the morning has regulated their cycle for the younger women has alleviated symptoms of premenopause for the older women. So it's definitely, the proof is out there. I share the messages all the time and I make sure to share them not as screenshots so you could see the not messages I sent to myself um, trying to make fake reviews because I've seen people do that and I find that so lame. So I keep them as videos where I scroll so you can see see that they're real results from real women and I have a bunch of them that share their experience that I repost and for me that's the proof that it's not just scientific theory or not just a hype or a trend it's the proof in the pudding if it's working for more than tens I want to say almost hundreds of women then it's definitely working so that's the lesson here. Be kind to your body, but be even kinder to your gut and your hormones. And when you think about weight gain, ask yourself, 
Is it fat storage? Is it water retention? Is it inflammation? Answering some of your questions, and some of them may not even be about health, but I feel like I get this question all the time. I should have been a little bit more prepared, I feel, but let me go and answer um, this one. So I have one um, that says from Jill Hill, how do you plan your weekly menus? Love you. Thank you, Jill. Love you right back. Um, I actually don't plan ahead. I hate planning. I hate um, having to abide by an idea that I've had over the weekend for the whole week. You know, it makes me feel like I'm in prison. So um, what determines what I cook is pretty much going to the supermarket every single day on my lunch break. I will take a half hour out of my lunch break to walk into my supermarket or go to my fruit market or vegetable market and whatever fresh vegetables that look like they just came in are there are going to determine what I'm going to cook that day. And the same goes for the, the meat or the poultry or the fish. It's pretty much walking into the butcher, walking into the fish store and deciding what, you know, whatever is freshest. I'll always ask what's freshest, what, did, what came in today? I'm gonna do like the big restaurateur, um, one-star Michelin chefs who will not give you asparagus and, unless it's asparagus season. You know, cooking something that's out of the season is also American, I feel, um, and so un-French. So I don't plan my weekly menu at all. I go to the supermarket every day. I find 20 minutes, 30 minutes in my day, and whatever is fresh, the market, the butcher, the, you know, the, the, the fish store, whatever is fresh is what's going to determine um, what I cook. Another question from Jill, Jill Hill, one, two, three, four, five. She says, after kids, tummy muscles are definitely not flat. And surgeons said only with tummy tuck. Will the method correct that? Uh, that's a crack of shit. You need to change surgeon. Actually, don't go to a surgeon just yet. Uh, the tummy muscles were created to um, move over and make way for your babies. And by the same token, they were created to be resilient and to come back. There's a lot of muscle memory in the tummy muscles. Um, the perineum is also one muscle that's incredible and that will come back with the proper movements and exercise. What your doctor is talking about is the extra skin from stretching from the baby stretching and you gaining weight. That's what the tummy tuck would be for. But there's no surgery that's necessary to get your muscles to go back. And I would say that with the right exercise, like the method, um, you even um, gain a lot of collagen production in that area from the types of movements that we do. As a matter of fact, a lot of my clients, when we do the exercises and when they postpartum after six weeks, will start itching on their tummy and on their hips from the workout. And this 
itch is actually collagen production and the skin firming up. So I disagree with your surgeon. The method will definitely, definitely tend to those tummy muscles and restore so much of their muscle tone, even if you've had twins. Um, there's also the abdominal gap that so many women endure after pregnancy where literally they feel like the lower abdominal muscles, the higher abdominal muscle, sorry, separates. And very often some people will talk about having surgery for that, but it's absolutely not always necessary. And the method is a great um, postpartum workout for that. I, when I created the moves, I relied on Joseph Pilates' foundation abdomen, you know, into the core. And with the reformer stick, I was able to, to, to make a clean perimeter of movements where the legs and the movements of the hips would not go outside of the perimeters of where your abdominals have to stay to get a little bit closer and close this ab gap. Um, so even if you have deep diastasis, which comes from um, that, which comes from pregnancy, the method and the method movements can fix that before you even have to rely on surgery. So before you rely on any kind of repair surgery or abdominal surgery, um, even try my free flash workouts and see what they do for you. I've had incredible success postpartum to restore uh, a little bit of the muscle damage and uh, diastasis and ab separation. Um, so I, I have to disagree with your, with your surgeon, Jill. Um, let me answer another question. Uh, Eugenia Morgado says, fashion and personal style, please. I get this question so, so much about fashion and personal style. Um, I'm not sure. I think I would have to do a whole podcast episode about my past in the fashion industry. I was an assistant uh, custom designer on Sex and the City for eight years. I've worked on Gossip Girl. I worked at Vogue magazine for Anna Wintour. I was a fashion stylist and dressed a few celebrities for the Golden Globes and the Oscars and the Grammys. I've done a bunch of editorials. I've worked for Isaac Mizrahi. Um, but my style, my personal style has definitely evolved and changed when I moved to Europe. Uh, first of all, I am naturally a platinum blonde and I was totally, totally um, rocking that look back in the States. Then I arrived here and felt like no one would take me seriously in the business world whatever my business was at the time, even though I was working for fashion TV for a while and then in uh, PR. Um, and I felt like I needed to have more, a more chic and serious hair color. And that's how I evolved slowly towards uh, this uh, dark, darker um, color that I have now. Um, and I've evolved towards more of a French chic style so I stopped wearing high heels during the day if I didn't have to um, I definitely have a sort of a uniform if I'm not working wearing workout clothes I like J brand jeans I like my skinny jeans I don't really buy into trends I hate prints like flowers or 
you know, any type of gaudy um, prints. I really don't like prints very much. I like tones like taupe colors, a lot of grays, a little mix of cashmeres and a little bit of furs. Also, this year, uh, I think I bought my last fur um, for my lifetime. I, I've become much more aware of animal cruelty and so I own a few beautiful furs from my fashion days uh, and I'll still wear them because I love them but uh, I don't think I'll be buying minks or anything else anymore. I've become a little bit more aware of um, animal cruelty and I find that nowadays um, all these furs and stuff are not as stylish as they used to be. I'm, I'm kind of evolving wearing more combat chic luxury combat boots um i like a lot of leather most of my leather is custom uh, by romp clothing um nina morgan jones the designer she happens to have become my best friend throughout the years as well she's gorgeous she is an amazing leather uh designer she can make leather um feel and fit like a glove and she was the incredible designer who designed my wedding dress as well so i wear a lot of leather um, my favorite leather piece is uh, my biker um, leather jacket by nina morgan jones at rome clothing the, the leather is from italy the silk on the inside i think is french silk um, but yeah i have more of like a downplayed gangster chic rock chic is really what Nina always called my style. I have a rock chic kind of style. I really don't like to buy into trends at all. I don't like ribbons. I don't like feathers. I don't like uh, a lot of frou-frous and puffiness. Um, and I like um, plain colors. So um, yeah, I hope that answers a little bit of the questions about personal style. Um, I really invest more now into bags that are not um, what everybody that has a little bit of money is wearing. So I used to have Hermes and I still do. I have a few Birkins from my fashion days and I have a few Kellys from my fashion days but and some Chanel's. But um, I, I kind of tend to go towards bags now that are more statement bags that are not popular um, I can't stand the unboxings on Instagram. I find that they're so 2011 unboxing of crazy candy color Hermes bags and stuff. So I really love, love, love Tom Ford nowadays. Um, my husband gave me a Tom Ford bag two years ago for my birthday and I love it. And I love the fact that no one's wearing it. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, my, my style has evolved into something a little bit more uh, French and it's definitely evolved into my rock chic vibe that I've always had, but even more so now, having the freedom of wearing flats and combat boots whenever I want. Um, and I wear the occasional stiletto when I go out at night and look a little bit more, you know, on the sexy side. Um, but I find that uh, my style now has been refined into a less is more approach. I hope that answers the question. Um, I'm going to answer one more question. If I may, uh, let's see. 
Are there, so Girly Summer says, are there different monthly price plans for the method? No, there aren't. There is one membership which is 69.99 euros. Uh, I think that in dollars it's about 70 and some dollars. Um, and it's a monthly membership with unlimited access to five to about five videos currently. There's always a new release monthly, one or two new releases. Right now I just released um, on January 2nd, so the first session of 2019, a butt lift series. So it includes all of the fundamentals that you find on the other master sessions that are on the platform, but you will always find as well, uh, you will also find as well the butt lift sidekick series, which are meant to target the stubborn butt area, inner thighs and legs area. So uh, that's one flat fee, $69.99 monthly, and you have unlimited access to the platform, five videos, master sessions, more than three hours of workouts. Uh, and of course, that will be in the show notes for you to go and access the virtual platform. A lot of people have also asked me if I have a free trial. I do not have a free trial because the method is patent protected, which means that the movements are copyright protected and so it would seem very unfair to the people that come to the studio in Monaco and pay uh, quite a hefty amount of money to get sessions that I would give free trials online for the same movements. Uh, so there are no free trials. However, I do have two free flash workouts which you can do without equipment, just using a towel that are absolutely the same as the method master sessions but without the equipment so it's on a different level different dimension of movements but they are the fundamentals of the method introduced on the um, flash workouts and those are always in the show notes we will put them on this episode show notes as well so if you want a free trial go try the flash workouts with a towel to get an idea and to feel the burn um, everywhere in your body and to build an amazing core so that will be it for all the questions. Now, without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend, Danielle, who I am calling, dialing um, right now. The reason why I'm bringing Danielle Prowl on the show is because I went on her podcast. This is how I discovered her. She reached out to uh, Susan, my director of operations and I, a few months ago and said, I'd like to introduce Ingrid, bring her on my podcast. And I said to Susan, Susan, will you listen to the podcast and see if that's something that's fitted for us? And Susan listened and said, Ingrid, you have to listen to Danielle. She's just like you. She says fuck. She's no nonsense. She's straight to the point. She sounds extremely smart. She has valuable, um, intelligent uh, advice. And she is also... Um, no nonsense like that's really something that i really love so i went and listened to some of danielle's podcast now her podcast and now her podcast has become one of my favorites and i listen to it religiously i also go to her for advice when i'm not so sure um i got a hater message the other day and even though i completely dealt with that person in the way i thought best i concluded whatever this person feels about me is none of my business it's apparently their business and it's clearly that they have an issue with themselves but 
I like to put things in perspective and if I'm wrong, I will admit it. So I send the messages to Danielle who is in LA. So she's in California. So I, I think she's in California. It's actually a Pacific standard time. Um, but I knew she was sleeping at the time and she wouldn't reply for a few hours. So I sat it out. And when she replied, she said, Ingrid, you are absolutely right. Whatever this person feels about you is none of your business. Um, but I knew that I could go to her for a soundboard um, reaction and know if maybe I had done something to make this person hate me so much. This person was hating on my cheeks, saying I was doing fillers on my face and I had a super hot body, but the face of a 60 year old and that my husband would leave me in five years for a younger woman. And I mean, I was really laughing with shield when I read the message, but at some point I was like, why does this person hate me so much? And this person was hiding behind a fake account a fake mail account, but it turns out I made her talk and talk to figure out more of who I was dealing with and it was a woman. Um, and so Danielle's reaction was like, no, no, you handled it really well. Uh, you're right. Whatever this person feels is apparently her problem, not yours. And she has a big one to deal with. Um, but the reason why I went to Danielle as a soundboard is listening to her approach on her podcast, the way that she deals with negativity, and hate, she gives really no nonsense advice. Um, I love listening to her, her voice is soothing, which is so important to me. And so I thought it would be really cool to give her a call, dial her and just chat with her about how get to get rid of negativity in a gangster chic way. You will see, she says fuck a lot like me and she's definitely one of my favorite gangster chic tribe members. I hope you love Danielle. Let's dial her. I know you love you will love Danielle. Let's dial her. Hi. How, How are, are you? Good. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. So you know we're going technically on recording live right now. I'm not going to even cut out this conversation because I think it's really cool that people realize how I can put a she gangster on the spot and <laughs> not even tell her what we're going to talk about and say, hey, get on a call with me. And she's like, all right. Well, duh, if it's you, I'll get on anytime. I mean, we just <laughs> chat all the time for fun anyway. So we do. Don't you wish people would hear our conversation sometimes? I kind of do actually, <laughs> like, but I guess that's the point of what you're doing now is like they exactly. get to hear our conversation. Exactly. Just, you know, what? I, I love how raw you are. You, you remind me a lot of me and sometimes you say stuff and I'm like, oh, I, I like, I want to be like that. And like each time I can surround myself with someone I can actually look up to, I am all in and I want to bring them on the podcast. So you're one of those people. Oh, well, I'm honored, honestly, like that's such a compliment coming from you because I feel the same way. I mean, it's so, I don't know, it's interesting to find a woman that you vibe with and that you love and that you feel like they're on the same page as you. And especially when they're a mom, you know, for yeah. me, it's, it's hard to find other moms that are still like hot and like killing <laughs> the game, you know? Yeah, well, I think it's hard for women nowadays to be more than a mom, to be something else. And I am a mom before anything, and I feel like you're the same, but I want it to be more than that. Yeah, me too. And I think it sets a good example for your kids that they can have everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, when you have daughters, you definitely don't want them to answer, like, when you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I just want to be married and be a mom. I really don't want to hear my daughter say that. I don't either. And I think, like, there's nothing wrong with just wanting to do that. But there's so much more, you know. Oh, there we go. The dog is barking. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I decided to let her in today. And usually I don't when I record, but she was like insisting because I haven't seen her in a week. Um, And so we'll hear her barking during this recording. Sorry about that. It's real life, you know, people people should hear it. (laughs) So in the introduction, as we were dialing you, I uh, mentioned that I wanted to bring you on more than anything this week. And I'm so happy that you had a minute to spare for me because I messaged you out of nowhere while I was on vacation when I got like a hater message and... I didn't read the message. I, I, I should because I know you've done that on one of those crazy messages we exchanged with someone on Facebook. But I mentioned that you were one of those people that I wanted to turn to to know if I reacted the right way. And you kind of were the perfect soundboard. Um, and that's why I love your podcast. I've actually become a fan of your podcast after going on your podcast because I didn't know you before then. Um, and then I started to listen to you and I was like, you know what? She's the perfect source of advice. She's the perfect soundboard. I'll know if I, I dealt with it the right way. That is so sweet. But I feel like you totally do. Um, but we all go through those moments when we have negative people coming at us or just situations that we're not like wanting to deal with because we didn't ask for it. It's like a random person on the internet. You know, it's like. It's so true. It's so hard. I even do that sometimes with people who message me. I'm like, did I say the right thing? Did I overreact? So I think that's so normal. But your responses were, as you say, chic gangster. (laughs) But you know what? It was great to bring you on. It's something that I always like to address. And I've addressed it a lot because for me, it's been therapeutic to deal with. I've had that copycat, which I call a copy cow. Same person who sent out a few trolls at me over the year. And I was actually able to stop this bullying by attacking it head on. And even though a lot of my friends that are like verified on Instagram, that are like very popular, they're, you know, well known. I'm, I'm like nobody compared to them. Um, always say, don't engage with them. Don't answer them. Ignore them and delete the message. But I feel like you're enabling when you delete the message. It means this person has the power of keeping coming at you and writing messages while you're sleeping messages that would stay there for hours and it gives them a power that i don't think is okay to give them that's why i go ahead on and ever so often i will expose them so for me you were the great person to bring on because i did find from your podcast from listening to you from looking at your i don't give a fuck attitude but someone who's been judged and attacked we spoke about it when i came on your podcast we had a kind of a similar past in a way um you are the great person to come on and kind of preach to the choir uh about getting rid of negativity in 2019 and how to deal with negative people and trolls in 2019 ah i love this topic um i know for me like i it's a constant thing like everybody thinks like you deal with something and you get your mindset on something and you never have to deal with it again but it's actually like a constant thing that i think we all have to work on like we have our physical 
um, activities we do for our body, right? And our nutrition and some people have their spiritual faith or whatever. So, so little of us actually have a practice of getting our head and our mind in the right mindset to deal with these kinds of things. And I find that when you do that, you have to first realize that the person attacking you or the negativity isn't even yours to begin with. It's literally someone else's trigger. Like something about you is triggering them. Either they wish they had something that you have and they don't, or they're trying so hard not to be like something you're allowing in your life. Yeah. And for them to actually take the time, energy, and effort to attack someone else or their family or the way they look or what they're doing for a living, like you have to realize, first of all, this person's probably very unhappy. But second of all, it's not okay. And it probably has nothing to do with you at all. But if you take that on and you like make it mean something and you make it dramatic and you make it um, alive, if you will, by buying into it, I think that's the worst thing we can do. So just like you said, yeah, like not taking that on because it doesn't have to mean anything if you don't want it to, but also not being available for that kind of thing. Like you addressing it and doing it head on to me. Like I always say, like, I am not energetically available for this. So when someone... Yes. When someone comes at me like that, I'm like, okay, this is a learning opportunity. Number one, it's not about me. Number two, um, how, what kinds of people do I want in my world? How do I want people to approach me? And like, this is an opportunity to decide that is absolutely not it. And then how do you respond to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Exactly. So not happening again. And for me, it was more like I told this person at the end, like how you feel about me is obviously none of my business you know there's I I needed to kind of know who I was dealing with it was important in a sense that I always feel like that mother whose daughter is going through because I have it Savannah 17 years old so she's going through these ups and downs that I'm sure you remember as a teenager where one day you feel very insecure one day you feel super secure and one day what people say matters even strangers and what I'm thinking is when people like that create fake accounts and take the time to put fake pictures and get fake followers and follow a bunch of other accounts to kind of make it look like a real account and they lounge at you they could be doing it to someone's daughter they could be doing it to someone who is not like you who is going to care and who it's going to impact and in a way if I get my hands on this person I want to make them think about not doing that to the next girl who might not be a bully in the sense that the next girl who might not be someone like me who's going to take it and bully this person back. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are committing suicide over things like yeah. this. Like it, That's it affects them. That's what I said to them. this person. But this person was so full of hate that he was not even willing to listen to what I had to say as far as you could be hurting Oh, yeah. And it's interesting the things that this person was saying to you. And I thought that was so funny in the thread that you called them out because their photo was of a man and you're like, no, you're a woman. And I think it was what the Anna Nicole reference, which is so funny. Yeah. Um, But yeah, some of the things that women say to each other, and that's the thing that I found too, is like, 
women should be lifting each other up. And that's why I love women like you, because you're like, yes, I want us all to succeed. Like, I want you to be hot and I want to be hot and we can all do it together and we can build lives we want together instead of finding someone who has something you don't want. And instead of reaching out and being like, how are you so happy? How are you living your life like that? Teach me how to be more like that. They're attacking and putting each other down. And I just, I hate that. You know, it's, I understand that um, we're at a fortunate level in our lives. Girls like us, women like us are at a fortunate level where we can have something and be completely satisfied with it and enough that you know there's enough for every other woman out there. So the person that's going to attack you is definitely, like you said, lacking that that thing that one thing of satisfaction where you know there's enough for everyone um but i listened to one of your podcasts where it was a family member who was attacking you yeah i think that it's really important that we talk about it you don't have to talk about that specific situation but it's important to talk about it as in i notice around me even my mother was guilty of it for many years it's like an old generation type of thing we tend to think that some people have to be part of our lives even if they're negative even if they don't bring anything good to the table we continue to surround ourselves with them and at some point i would look at my mother even as a young child and say today i blame you for being miserable because of this person because you let them in and i realized that you're really no nonsense when it comes to that and you're able to actually block even someone from your family from affecting you negative negatively so i want your advice like what is one to do if there are people in their lives that they think they cannot dispose of and these people are negative well it's always a hard thing i think especially like you said when it comes to family because we feel like because we're related that that means something like the the relationship has to go on forever and i haven't really talked a whole lot about it before um but my dad in in the past has even been a very i don't know not a positive person in my life and done right. some very negative things towards me And it came to a point where like, he's my dad, right? He's always going to be my dad. And if you have someone who's very bad and has done very bad things to you, I'm not saying that you even need to allow that to continue. But for me, it was like, okay, this relationship, like he's my father and like he deserves to be a member of my life. But I more see him now as an acquaintance where I don't really invest in that relationship. Whereas there are other family members who are extremely negative that I don't feel like need to be continued in any circle of my life and it's exactly. it it's a difficult decision to make but I've been in a similar situation to what you were in and not in I mean I didn't have to go to jail I had a partner who did who had lied to me about a lot of things but I wound up right. one day like losing my entire life and when that happens to you I think as you said it's It's like you're your own cheerleader and you're responsible for turning it around. And you realize how important each person in your world is. And if there's one negative thing, one person not wanting you to succeed, one voice or noise in your head and other people are contributing to that, that could keep you back from getting what you want. It is so important that you just not allow that relationship to continue. I don't... 
And it sucks. I don't care who it is. And it's difficult. And I even feel bad sometimes like, oh, they probably think I'm such a terrible person. But it's also terrible for me if they think that I'm not, you know, a good enough person or I'm not doing the right thing or living the way that they want me to live. I would never act that way towards someone. So I know they are not my people. And so that relationship is nothing but continuous drama that I have to opt out of. Exactly. And I, I love that you said things like that. And I knew that you would come on and say things like that. I, I felt, you know, it's like, I knew I wanted to get you in the pod, on the podcast at some point, but I wasn't sure where I wanted to take it because you do speak about health, you do speak about mindset, um, you speak so much about business. And I know that you do a lot of uh, webinars and things like that, helping women um, monetize businesses and, you know, think differently about living a passionate life as opposed to just being robotic. And I get that. But it kind of what happened last week with this hater where I, I asked myself, okay, I'm going to ask Danielle if this is really none of my business because that's what I felt. And that's often what I say when there's a hater. Um, and luckily lately, I don't have too many. Maybe I'm not that famous enough to have that many. But um, I asked you and you said, no, no, you're right. This is absolutely none of your business. And this is where I got this little light bulb on my head. Like, okay, that's it. Danielle has to come on and speak to us about getting rid of negativity, useless negativity in life, in our lives in 2019. And so from something so bad, I got like the best idea for this podcast. And I didn't even tell you what it would be about because I didn't want you to be prepared. I wanted to get the real raw you. And that's what we're getting. Oh, I think that's so cool and such a good idea. And like, I always say when something bad happens or something negative that makes you not feel good, like there's an opportunity to use it for good, which is there what you, go. you have totally done. Like this person attacked you. You probably didn't feel the best about it. You handled it perfectly. You let it go. And then it's like, okay, what does this mean? And how can I help this teach others something and make it like, use it for good. So thank you. Hater. <laughs> There you go. But I keep on saying that I say the same thing about the copy, my copy cow, you know who that is, but we don't, we don't name shame. We don't do any of that on the podcast. A lot of people have guessed who it is just from being in the same space. They realize when something is being copied, but I realized that whenever this person copy me, it co copies me, it starts to, it's like, I'm already I'm a step back. I need to advance two steps ahead. I need to be ahead all the time. So it's, everything in that sense I've turned negativity into positivity even though like you said this there's about a quarter of a second where humanly you feel like shit oh yeah absolutely and okay. yeah and I think that's such an important topic because we often feel like if we feel feelings or react that makes us bad but like you have to allow yourself to be human right like that's it's okay Absolutely. to feel like shit for a minute, but then be like, oh no, I remember who I am. I'm a fucking badass. Like I need to put on my lipstick and like, you know, handle this you shit. You know what I do? And I'm sure you do the same thing. Having had terrible experience in your life, that's so similar to mine. Each time I get really upset, like this copy cow copies 
something that I've put so much work into or, you know, slogan or sentence or some or a concept of me talking about cortisol and all of a sudden she's talking about cortisol, even though she never spoke about it before or even copying my coffee mugs. It's like I get really upset for about a quarter of a second and then I go back to when I was in jail and I'm like, okay, if I was sitting in that bunk bed in jail, would this truly matter? No, because all that matters at that time is that I missed my kids terribly. I wanted to see them. I wanted to be the best mother and the best money maker I could be to give them the best life outside of these walls. And it's kind of how I kind of flush this negativity out. I kind of put myself back in the worst circumstances I've ever been before. And all of the sudden, none of this makes sense anymore. And that makes me so productive at that point. Mm, I can, I can totally relate. And I love that you bring that up because when you realize when you have nothing, like in, in the sense of the realm of the world, right? Like I think of it too, in my mom, she was a sheriff actually growing up. Like when she had a bad day, someone died. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like no one's bleeding out on the floor. We're not in prison. You know, we have our health. Like I try to think of those things, but also it's okay to not want to deal with certain things or to be angry at things too. And I think that you with this copy cow, um, which I love that term, that's hysterical. Uh, You know, you're doing something right if someone has to imitate you. And I find it unfortunate that some people don't have their own creativity and they don't trust themselves to create something new, that they have to literally rip off other people's things to try to make an impact in the world. And it's just, it's unfortunate. And sometimes they're still successful in doing that. But to me, it's like, that is so heartbreaking. If you are really that woman, I try to think about that thought process that you really don't trust yourself enough to be creative, to stand on your own two feet, that you have to rip off someone else constantly to be successful. So true. So what's your advice? Because it's happening a lot. A lot of people in the business sphere right now are suffering from being copied. I see it so much. I'm actually working with a a great woman who has a thriving business. She started with a blog and now she's selling merchandise and she has someone, she reached out to me not too long ago and said, you know, I have someone just like you. Each time I come up with selling a product, she sells the same product. She's using my slogans. What is your advice to women that are working so hard to be unique and to make their place in the business sphere um, and that are copied and sometimes copied by people who have bigger and better means than them to succeed oh that's so hard and I I think it's a difficult topic because on one hand I want to say that you know you can only do so much and the more noise you allow in your world the more you see that the more you see people copying you and ripping you off and getting upset you're going to start to second guess you're going to get kind of angry and you're going to maybe walk off your own track and start trying to do things completely different than you want to because of this other person and you can't allow that to happen so sometimes I say like it's good to put on your blinders when you're creating and do what you want to do anyway and not worry about other people ripping you off because it's going to happen eventually right like it it happens second if it's blatant like to the point where they are using your 
verbiage word for word. Like me. (laughs) Yeah, like you. I would literally address that head on if you can. And if the person is um, a person of integrity, you can say, hey, you know, not from a place of anger, but like I noticed that you're using the same words that I posted. Here's the post. I just wanted to bring this to your attention in case it's something you did unintentionally. And if you did it intentionally, then I want to encourage you to use your own creativity and use your own voice because I'm sure that you have a great one, you know, and try to empower them to be original. If they're not interested in that and they just attack you back, then honestly, like all you can do is either address it publicly or wait for them to rip you off so bad that you can send some sort of cease and desist. If none of those are options, at one point we have to move on and ignore it and just keep our head in the game on our own path. And it sucks, so but sometimes so we true. have to. It's so true because you've literally um, described without knowing it, because I never actually spoke to you in length about the whole process. But in my case, this copy cow, the reason why I called her a copy cow and not a copy cat, first of all, is because I think cats are cute and she's not. Um, but also because I keep on milking it now. I try, I knew this person outside of business. And when she started to really copy me, she, I wrote to her and said, I admire what you do. I'm very flattered. Um, there's some very um, unfortunate uh, similarities. And at the same time, you go against my product when it's good for you. I'd like that to stop. And I'd like you to stop sending trolls on my page to troll me. She actually read my message and never responded. And wow. I tried again. And then there's the fact that I'm in Europe and she's in the United States. And the fact that you also don't want to enable this person by going out of your way to have an attorney go through it and spend money. I didn't find her as threatening as as my emotions were you know, showing me at the beginning. Like at the beginning, it was a lot of emotions and anger. Like, why are you copying me? And then you're trashing my product on the other hand. Or why are you copying me and using it with bigger means, bigger money, bigger advertising, bigger public relations. But at the end of the day, I found that talking to this person wasn't going to work. A legal battle would actually give her good exposure because bad publicity is great publicity in a way and too much attention. So I didn't want to allow that to happen. So the best thing that I found was to actually milk it for creativity. So each time she would copy me, and I spoke about it on one of the other episodes, but each time she would copy me, I would literally put my blindfolds on and say to my team and say to Susan, my director of operation, okay, it's time to move on. We need to get bigger and better than our last idea. Then this means we are late. Let's go. And so I started milking this copy cow for um, fuel, like for boosting me. And it boosted me to really, really like move on and advance and move on and advance. So I knew she was always to step back. I love that so much because I think you can let something be for your good, right? And use it to inspire you or you can let it suffocate your creativity. And it sounds like you use it to inspire you. And I think that's number one, incredible. And number two, when you do your own thing, like you said, and you keep going in spite of this happening and you keep getting better and better, I think that you're actually going to far surpass whatever she is known for. Like 2019 is your year. I feel it. Like you're blowing up already. Uh 
but Aww, it's just like thank you. yeah but I think the like the good person like the good souled hearted person who's not doing things from a place of negativity or jealousy or ripping others off like they always prevail if they just keep going yeah it takes they just a little will. time I found that um goodness takes a little time to prevail over over evil I mean obviously from my life your life you know that but it's mm-hmm. true eventually it does prevail And I think it has a solid foundation, so it lasts longer. You know what I mean? Like, you you can throw up some sort of amazing brand and probably do pretty well for a little bit, ripping off other people. But people catch on eventually, and then it's not quite as cool, you know? So true. It's like building muscles. It's like the method versus building uh, superficial muscles. It's exactly the same. Yes. (laughs) Same concept, totally. Nice segue, right? <laughs> yeah, no, and I liked it. I, I was so excited to see that you have a new um, virtual session because I do them. So I can't, I I'm going to actually, yeah, I'm going to do it when we get off, actually. So I can't I'm really wait excited. to get feedback on that one. I'm excited that I brought that one on for the first, as the first of 2019. It's the butt lift series, but your body looks amazing. I've posted your video a few times of your oh, incredible you. body. Because let's let's be real, you're a mom. You have you have a beautiful baby. How old is your baby oh, thank now? Thank you. She's 18, well, almost 19 months now. So year and a half. And I have to say, you know, everyone's journey in motherhood is different. And it can be hard. Your body changes after a baby. But I was very lucky that in breastfeeding, the weight came off really quick. But I felt like skinny fat, if that makes sense. And I didn't feel strong. I didn't feel... Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel good. And your workouts have given me so much definition and energy. I, I love it. Like I have my mom doing it. Like I'm just. I'm I love so it. happy that you love it. It means so much to me because I know you would not be tooting my horn if you did. And I know you're like no nonsense. That's what I said in the intro before I dialed you. I introduced you and I said I love her because she's no nonsense, no bullshit, no sugarcoating. And so when I hear that from you, it makes me so happy. Also, I know that you work a lot from home. You have the podcast, and so knowing that it's. Con- contributing to making you time efficient where you still get your workout in makes me so humbled and so happy oh it's huge and uh, honestly like I wouldn't tell you that if it weren't true you know that I'm not a bullshitter I wish I was to be honest with you you know those people who are so good at ass kissing that like they kind of get ahead it's almost the copying thing like I just can't do it I have to I, it's just not a bone in my body. But yes, it allows me to like work and get a workout in. Even if I don't have help with my daughter that day, she can nap. I can do it. It's it's incredible. Like I really encourage anyone listening, if you haven't tried it, you have to try it. Thank you. Um, you know what? Speaking of which, it seems like 2000, the end of 2018 going on to 2019, authenticity, reality, raw truth and even the ugly truth is the trend i think that people are sick and tired of influencers and photoshop pictures it seems like really the trend right now i see it with my tribe they love the fact that i say it like it is that i'm showing a lot of truth about my life whether it's ugly or pretty so i think you should stay exactly the way you are 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think the same about you. And I totally agree. I've been in this online space for a few years now. And I feel like when I first started, it was so many people with Photoshop pictures and studio setups and good lighting. And like, there's a place for that, right? Like we all want to look good at some point. But I think sharing the behind the scenes and the truth and the realness that goes into building a brand and the things that you deal with, not only as a human being, but as a woman, you know, as a mother. Yeah as a business owner like everyone can relate to that and perfection is not relatable not anymore not anymore Mm -mm. I find that especially you work with women I work with women I empower them you empower them they empower us and I find that women in general being a mom you know the ugly truth about being a mom sometimes having to be single sometimes having to deal with certain situations they need the truth and it seems to be the trend. I'm so happy about that. I know. And it's, it's, it can be difficult to juggle all the things, you know, and I feel like that's why I really want to empower women. I know you do as well, because I think that sometimes we really get the short end of the stick and that we're expected to do all of the things and all of them really well. Um, You know, like be a good housekeeper and also make money, be the main caregiver for the children and also be like a sex kitten, Um, be perfectly put together, but still do all the errands. And it's like at a certain point, we have to let things off of our plate and allow other people to support us. And I think that you're an incredible example of doing everything and doing it really well, but also allowing that support in your life. Exactly. And I I have to tell you, and thank you so much for saying that, but I have to tell you, my tribe has been so supportive. Each time I've showed a little bit of um, vulnerability, they all stand up and start sending all these supportive messages and sharing their stories. And it's so empowering. So in vulnerability and not that you want to constantly be vulnerable because people who are going to rely on you for empowerment has to have to see some of your strength and your, you know, your, your superpower qualities as well, but showing your vulnerability in some areas. And I know you have as well. I've heard it on some of your podcast episodes. Um, you know, tend to allow your tribe to support you in return. And I've got, I've gone such great return for that. When I came out with my story, I was so scared. And I know you were scared of coming out with your story. We discussed it on uh, the episode that we did on your podcast. Um, But that was the best thing I ever did in the end. I was so inspired by your story. Um, I can't even tell you, which is why I even reached out to have you on the podcast. And it was actually the first um, podcast episode of the Skinny Confidential I'd ever listened to. The His and Hers was actually because I followed you on Instagram. But it's interesting because you went from like this amazing woman with this hot body and this great life to like a living, breathing human being to me and someone to look up to. Um, And I think that uh, often we're afraid to share our weaknesses. We're afraid to share the dark things that have happened, but it's what makes us human and inspires others to stand up when they're having a hard time. And I just found that so empowering. But I know like it can be scary when you do it. You're like have this vulnerability hangover, I call it. And you're like, oh, God, should I take that down? Was that the right thing to do? Oh, that's so true. You know, Michael and Lauren, who happen to be 
also my friends. When we finished the recording, Gilles was sitting behind and I remember Kel Kelsey, Lauren's makeup artist who was on the trip with them and, and uh, her photographer was also her really good friend uh, was, was there. And I kind of turned around, look at the kids, Gilles, Kelsey, everybody. And I was like, oh my gosh, should we not go live with this? I'm scared. And um, Lauren looked at me and as blonde as she looks and as people could think that she's not all that substance, she's all substance and depth and intelligence and sensitivity. And she looked at me, she said, look, this is called exactly what you said, a hangover, um, vulnerability hangover. And um, don't worry, but if you don't want us to go live with it, we won't. And oh. it was like, I thought about it for about, six minutes and then just looking at Michael and Lauren they had tears in their eyes and they were like so emotional about it all I was like you know what this is the perfect premise those people are my friends uh, they let me own the narrative and the reason why I started to own the narrative previous to the interview is because that one woman who's crazy successful in her field started sending trolls from her company to google me and expose my past and at that point, I looked at it all and Lauren was saying, ignore it, don't answer, erase. And I was like, no, you know what? I give too much power to my past. I give too much power by always being fearful of people finding out about it. I'm going to own it. And I started to talk about it. So nothing was more liberating. And if anyone has to come up with something like that, I wish for them that they do it in such a, uh, safe premise as I have with Michael and Lauren, for sure. That's incredible that, you know, I think it was the perfect, obviously, stage for you to do it on because you do trust them and you knew that they would, you know, put your story out in a way that was well received. And also just encouraging you to do that is incredible. Like, obviously, they seem amazing, but just to have that support and encouragement from people you trust is huge. Um, and I find that, you know, even any story or narrative, when someone's trying to use it against you, it can be difficult, but we have to be our own PR people and be like, no, if someone's going to tell this story, it's going to be me and I'm going to tell it the way it actually happened in a way that other people can understand and respond to. And I think you did an incredible job with that. I, I was really lucky and I'm really happy that it came out in the end. I can't, but I did have that you know, that hangover you mentioned. And um, I had so much admiration for you when I came on your podcast and you told me about your past. I was like, wow, there's not one of me. There's probably hundreds of me. And as a result of the podcast with the Skinny Confidential and with you, I had so many women send me messages saying, oh my God, I am also ashamed of my past. I'm also afraid of my past and you inspired me to share. So that was really cool. That's so you have incredible. to know that there's a bunch of people like us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Of course there is. It's, it's just interesting. We think that we have to be perfect, right, in order to be successful exactly. or to be worthy. Exactly. And I try to just say that so much to people, like you're worthy because you exist on this earth. Like that, you know, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have a reason to be. And I always like liken it to a video game, right? Like you go through exactly. something and you go through a struggle to get to the next level and yeah, it sucks, but you need, you need those tools in your tool belt to get to that, that next level. And I think that you 
obviously had to go through that, which is unfortunate, but look how amazing and strong you are and how many things it's given you. And you, so you have to pimp yourself out. People probably get to discover you on my platform if they don't already know you. Please tell us where we can find you. Also, remind us what episode, I think you said it was episode 10 with me. Yeah, so I have a podcast. It's called Rule Breaker, Dream Maker. And it's just about women who break the fucking rules basically and are still very successful in life and in business um and Ingrid was on episode 10 of that I have a website obviously it's danielleprawl.com um it's we're gonna put all of that on the show notes but still you want to say that out loud yeah and on Instagram of course at Danielle Prawl and then I wrote an entire book I know you have one coming out soon but I wrote one about my story which was my vulnerability hangover moment Um, It went uh, four times bestseller on Amazon, which I was not expecting at all. Um, But I got a lot of support as well from my people. And you can find that at danielleperl.com forward slash book. The title is actually Divorce, Drinking and Dating, which is exactly what it's about. (laughs) I love it. And I'm going to make sure that it's linked also so everyone can find it. So if people love my story, they will definitely love yours. We're kind of like the same breed, you and I. Um, and I love that. So we're going to link all of that. And one more thing. Uh, can you explain really quickly what your webinars are about and how women who want to build a business can join? Yeah, absolutely. So basically what I specialize in, it's a weird niche, but people who have a, um, basically they've had success in their life or in their business, such as you, and they want to teach other people how to create success or create their business or teach their skill via the online platform. It really allows you from having someone in your local area be your customer to the entire world, kind of what you've done with the virtual platform. So I just help women do that in a bigger way. A lot of it can be through webinar launches. So if you do webinars, I help you just make them a lot better and systematize. But anyone basically that wants to create a business beyond the realm of their town that they want to take it online and monetize it on a bigger scale so they can live their life without trading time for money. That's really what I help them do. And that's fantastic. I think it gives women women, uh, an opportunity to succeed in the workforce where where they have to go work for a business where it's mainly led by men, they're not allowed to succeed just because they are female. So I feel like what you're doing is really empowering women to make it big, like a big, an amazing CEO in, you know, in whatever field they choose, kind of like holding, you know, the reins themselves. And that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the online space, that's why I love it so much. It has really changed the game. Um, And, you know, for what I do, they don't really teach it uh, in college. And if they did, it'd be outdated by the time you graduated. So that's kind of the amazing thing about it. So true. I want to thank you so much for letting me put you on the spot. If you listen to my previous episode, I did it to my friend Elena. So I tend to do that a lot to my badass girlfriends and the women that I know can handle being put in the hot seat without being prepared. 
and I love the result. I loved our conversation and I adore you. I don't know how it's even possible because we've never actually met in real life, but I truly adore you and I'm feeling so blessed I met you in 2018. So looking forward for what's to come for us in 2019, Danielle. Oh, thank you for having me and I feel the same way. You really have changed my life more than you know. So thank you. Everything about you is going to be posted on the show notes. So if anyone is looking for Danielle, you'll be able to find all of that on the show notes. Have a great day, Danielle. Love you. Thank you for letting me call you. Of course. Love you, Ingrid. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this small talk with Danielle Prahl. I think she's such a badass and I thought we could all benefit from her incredible advice since I go to her for advice and as a soundboard as well. Um, I love the fact that she has this soothing, confident voice. You guys can find out everything about her in the show notes and follow her on Instagram. Um, and as far as everything else is concerned, we spoke a little bit about the virtual platform today. In the next episode, I think I will talk more about the method, even though I hate to pimp myself out. I never meant for, pardon my French, to be pimping out my business or my products. Um, but one of my virtual platform um, clients uh, said that she loved the fact that I mentioned uh, that some of the movements in the method are actually hormone inflammation friendly and that I should explain more about that. So I will do that in the next episode. So if you have any questions about the method and the movements, let me know. Now, you guys are all so familiar with Simply Inulin by now, especially if you've been listening to my previous podcast. We've spoken to uh, Dr. Michelle Brody um, from the Food Effect in the UK, her practice, and she's told you all about the benefits of Inulin and how uh, Simply Inulin has changed her life, suffering from IBS, how it's changed some of her patients' life. Um, how it's changed a lot of my followers' lives as well. If you follow me on Instagram and you see my stories, uh, I share a lot of uh, success stories. The latest one is someone who suffered from symptoms of Crohn's disease and feels like this has made it so much better. Um, a lot of young women with uh, menstrual cycle that are totally messed up said that within two weeks of taking Simply Inulin, their menstrual cycle felt completely normal. I had one, um, one of the most recent ones said she was getting literally one day of period, which is really not good, with literally no flow. And since she started taking Inulin, she has a good four days period um, with a full flow. Uh, and she feels so much healthier as a result and completely debloated. Um, so that makes me so happy because it really proves that health and hormonal health comes from within and it all starts with the gut and hormones definitely all start with the gut. I mean, I see it with mommies that are, you know, breastfeeding and how their gut health even affects their baby's health um, and digestion. So, you know, um, you know all about Simply Inulin. I don't need to be selling it to you and I'm definitely not going to pitch it so much. Uh, there are some incredible recipes I've come up with. 
uh, in a collab as well with My Sexy Veggies. And you can find that on the website. We're going to link it in the show notes. She's made a bagel with simply inulin and tahini, tahini, which is sesame seeds, uh, like a, a cream of sesame seed, which is um, the ultimate fatty acid and so great as an anti-inflammatory for hormones. So if you have hormonal inflammation, consuming sesame seeds is actually wonderful. It's a very, very good source of fatty acid and that's what tahini is. So we substitute the flour for tahini. So she has a bagel recipe that we posted on the website uh, and it's a collab. She develops she developed some amazing recipes for us and I created, derived from her recipe, the brioche, which has a little bit more inulin in it than she had and I added Himalayan salt, so it's a little bit saltier. Uh, and it's great to eat that with like cream cheese and um, lox, salmon or, you know, even like, um, even like uh, maybe like the chopped, um, like what do you call them, cold cuts, sorry. <laughs> Um, you can eat that with avocado, like make it avocado toast. It is so delicious. Uh, and lately this week, I have to post the recipes and I will, and you will find them on the link that we're posting in the show, show notes called simplyrecipes.themethodmc.com. Um, you will find also the new brownie that um, Sally made from My Sexy Veggies with the tahini and Simply Inulin. You will find my brioche brownie where I added um, Greek yogurt, which is like a probiotic when you get the right one. And you need to listen to my previous episodes about that, where I explain all about fermented cheese and how important it is to have them as a probiotic rather than popping probiotic pills that you may be getting in vitamin shops or on Amazon, because I don't believe in those that much. Um, so, so much information in the, in the previous episodes uh, that are still relevant in what we talk about today and you want to go and refer to them if you haven't listened yet. Uh, so yeah, all these recipes are going to be on the website. Some of them already are the brioche and the brioche uh, and uh, the bagel recipe from My Sexy Veggies are on there. Uh, and of course, you have my 11 recipes cookbook ebook uh, that is launching January 7th. It's already on pre-order and it's coming with my favorite spice, my secret spice, 30 pungent spices all mixed in together. The best in the shop has ilhanut. The head of the shop is what it translates from in Arabic. As you all know, I have Moroccan origin, French Moroccan origins from my parents. My grandparents uh, were Moroccan Jews. Um, and so all of my cooking is so inspired from these origins and the smells are in my kitchens are in my kitchen are so inspired by my grandmother Zora's kitchen. Her name was Zora. It's a beautiful name um, and uh, beautiful like her. And anytime I cook and I create recipes which are in this ebook and many of them including Hassel Hanout, which is sold in a very luxe, sexy, grande vial, um, along with the ebook. Uh, I kind of create those recipes just looking from this, for these familiar sp smells from my childhood. My grandmother passed when I was about 15 years old. Um, and the best way to honor her memory for me is to cook meals. Even though I didn't have her recipes, I just looked for my intuition and you know it's like you have it in the blood when you're a Moroccan Jew 
you kind of know how to cook from just watching your aunt and your mother and your grandmother and so when I create my meals and when I create those dishes I kind of constantly look for the familiar smells um, that remind me of my grandma Zora and Russell Hanout does this for me and so that's why I decided to put it on the market bottle it up in a luxe vial and I made sure to get the purest and the best in the shop which means that the Hassel Hanout you may find if you find it at all in supermarkets and some people do uh, sometimes they only have like five six different spices in them um, but the real thing can have 30 to 60 pungent spices in them and so ours has exactly 30 pungent spices my favorite ones uh, there's different kinds of Hassel Hanout there is the sweeter kind which um, mine is doesn't mean it's sweet but it has more of a warm taste and then there's another kind of Hassel Hanout depends on Moroccan families that has fennel in it which I like a lot, lot less because it has more of a sourish kind of taste to it so of course the Hassel Hanout um, blend that we created we went to this market in Morocco that my family likes to go back to and that I went back to when I was in Marrakesh and we asked them that they put the 30 spices that we've always used and for me it's amazing because each time I put it even on grilled chicken which is so easy you know you already have 30 spices a blend of 30 spices going in you don't have to be doing much more all you have to do is add a little bit of salt a little bit of pepper a little bit of garlic and a little bit of olive oil and there you have it and i can smell the smell that i used to smell in my grandmother's kitchen nothing makes me happier it's it's amazing it's given me such a passion for cooking and you guys definitely see that on my insta stories so if you are looking for the blend uh, Hassel Hanout simply the best um, it is right now on the website sold with my ebook which is launching January 7th it's already on pre-order and it's only gonna be on sale for a limited time because I do have a book coming out soon which will have some of my favorite recipes included more than 11 obviously um, it's gonna be part wellness part cookbook and so we don't want to interfere with that so we will pull out the ebook eventually out of the market to make way for the book launch uh, so if you really want to get your hands on my recipes and use Hassel Hanout and cook with a little bit of French flair and a touch of Moroccan um, a Moroccan savor then you have to get it now and it's going to be in the show notes as well you can get that on you know you can get the link on the show notes um, as far as the virtual platform as I discussed earlier there is a new session on right now which is the psychic series but lift session so it is still going to work your abs really hard your arms your core your legs but especially your butt your inner thighs and your legs um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I certainly enjoyed having Danielle on and I hope you will find value in what she has to say because I truly do. Um, and uh, that is it for me this week. I again wish you a happy, happy new year. Make sure you manifest as much as you possibly can and that you put your ambition, your hard work, 
and your passion forward to bring this manifestation and protest of what you want to happen in your life forward starting this year. Bisou bisou from Monaco. I wish you a wonderful day wherever you are. Love you.